0: We are very excited to announce the first ever all-time podcast listeners poll.
1: Oh, really? Okay, explain.
0: What we're going to do is ask all our listeners to send in a variety of lists.
1: Hmm. What list?
0: We're going to ask our listeners to send in their top 10 albums of the decade, their top 10 songs of the decade, The most overrated album of the decade,
1: Mm, the most
0: underrated album of the decade, and last but not least, the best artist of the decade.
1: That's smart. Who came up with this idea?
0: We did. Uh What we're going to do is we're going to take all your lists, all your submissions, and we're going to create the listener's poll based on the results you send us.
1: Meaning me and you?
0: Meaning everyone who listens. And we're able to contribute as well because we run the show. I like that. So at the end of it, you'll get the top 10 albums of the decade, according to the listeners, the top 10 songs of the decade, according to the listeners, the most rated album of the decade, according to the listeners, the most underrated album of the decade, according to the listeners, and the best artist of the decade, according to the listeners.
1: When is this going to come up?
0: We're going to do this as a bonus episode at the end of season two. So right in the new year, early in the new year. Oh, I like that. So people could uh, I guess, say goodbye to the decade.
1: Take the time also to make your list and really dig deep and figure out what you guys thought were the top tens of the decades for each category.
0: Yeah, what we're going to do is set up a deadline of December 31st. Any submissions that come in after that will not be valid because we got to record the episode. So send them in as soon as possible. Send them in before December 31st.
1: Yeah, make sure your families uh, know that for Christmas... And uh, all the holidays, you guys won't be around because you're going to be working on lists Lists, like we are doing.
0: Exactly. So send those in. We're going to get them together. And uh, let's start the episode.
1: Yep. Yep. Welcome to the All Time Pod episode, episode, episode six.
0: Episode six.
1: The 2015s. Fuck, we're already at episode six. Why the 2015s? Because after 2014 comes the 2015s. There's only one. (laughs) There's only one. And let's be honest, it's a pretty fucking damn good year.
0: 2015 was very good. Uh, Lots to cover today. I think we got a good episode. Uh, It was a better year than 2014. Maybe not, but the albums in 2014 were good, as we said. There was just not much going on. No, slow. Yeah, but 2015 was a good year for music. Uh, We started as we usually do. First great album of the decade was Sleater Kinney, Reuniting, putting out um, an album that had been a long wait between their last album. I think it was upwards of 10 years. Uh, It's an album called No Cities to Love. It's a great record if you're into feminist punk rock. Uh great 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 music. It's a uh, Carrie Brown scene from Portland. If you don't know who cedar Kenny is, maybe that good
1: I've I've heard of the name before. I just never dug in and understood. So they're all uh, all women's.
0: Yeah, that's it. So it's
1: oh, that's awesome. And it it's punk?
0: It's punk, but it's yeah. yeah. We could call it punk. It's a bit more on the it's it's lighter than punk. It's lighter than bikini kill, but it's
1: Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll check it out. Probably not, but maybe I will. But uh, so this came out in January, so this started off the year pretty strong.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: They're they're an old older group.
0: They're f- from the nineties. They that was their peak. The nineties into the two thousands, but
1: I find that this decade there was a lot of groups from like the nineties. Yeah. Early two thousands that came back in this decade.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of bands were maybe trying to figure out what they could do to extend their careers, if even after having called it quits. And it was cool because the festival circuit that we discussed, the things like Coachella kind of brought back this this demand for bands that were disbanded. Pavement got back together. They got back together. I mean, Devo got back together. There were so many bands that got back together for festival circuits that maybe this has something to do with all those bands get like reunited, yeah. And but doing look, things.
1: look at Oshaga, look at all the bands that got back together and played Oshaga.
0: Yeah, it's great, it's, a, it's, it's really great. It doesn't happen much anymore, but it's great.
1: I think it's fun, it brings it brings people back out and stuff like that. So, yeah,
0: and because we're just because you said that, this is also the year Blur get back together and do the magic whip. It's their first album where uh, Graham Coxon comes back on guitars. So, it's they, they I mean, he recorded the last the, the album before this with them and left. But they got back together this year in 2015, and yeah, it was a good year.
1: Was it a good Blur album? It
0: was a great Blur album. Uh, it was a great Blur album. As a Blur fan, there are no bad Blur albums. Oh, fans. really? So They're, like Radiohead? So, no, they no the the very first Blur album, like the very first Radiohead album, wasn't very good.
1: Usually when bands kick off with a very mediocre, okay, or bad album, the rest of their career just like... Skyrockets.
0: Well, that was it. those were very interesting times because that was the MTV era. They happened to come from the same. They're both UK groups. They're both from England, so they 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 were kind of part of that Britpop scene. That most Britpop bands' first albums weren't too good, and it took a minute for them to kind of say "fuck the formula" and let's reach out into things we like to do a bit more. And that's where all these great great pop bands find their stride whether it's pulp whether it's Blur whether it's Radiohead we're already off topic
1: yep like usual so let's get onto a topic that this week um, a list came out right everybody's that, that, doing it lists it would
0: be last week for people listening yes yeah. they're getting this next week but yeah
1: yeah so lists are coming out right so Complex put out a list called the best rappers of the 2010s decade Yeah. yeah. So, top 10. So, I obviously, I'm going to click onto it and I'm going to go through it. So, um, we're going to do this like we always do. I'm, I'm going to tell you from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10. You're going to we- reveal the list? Yeah, or? I'm going to reveal okay. the list. Okay. I, I know you probably looked at it, but we're, let's go over the list because yeah. it's very important that we're going over this list of the best rappers of the 2010s, all right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm going to give you my comments as we go through it. So, you want to go from 10 to 1?
0: Yeah, that's a- Okay. So, Let's not spend too much time. No,
1: we're gonna go quickly. I'm gonna say my comments, and then we'll we'll get we'll jump back into the 2015s. Yeah. So, number ten, mm-hmm. Pusha T. Okay. Okay. Right off the bat, bat. I do not think Pusha T needs to be at number ten. Nah, like, definitely not number ten for Dep- me.
0: It depends what else is on the okay list.
1: Well, the way they made the list was they gave you the ten, and there's like a little information about the album that they put out in the decade, their singles, Mm -hmm. where they were on the Billboard charts, like which songs made the Billboard charts, biggest Billboard hits this decade. I
0: don't think that matters, I don't think that applies to whether you're a great rapper or not because Billboard charts is full of
1: I agree with you 110%. And they probably did make this list based on that. Mm -hmm. So Pusha T number 10, he does not need to be a number 10. If it was up to me, he'd be in the top five.
0: So he needs to be higher. Okay. He needs to. You made you made it sound like he didn't need to be on the list. No, no,
1: no. He's definitely on the list for okay. the 2010s. He definitely needs to be on the list. So he's number ten. Number ten. Number nine. Tyler the Creator.
0: Not really a rapper.
1: Not really rapper, but I'm guessing with everything that he put out, this decade, and how strong well,
0: everything besides Bastard was this decade, yeah. right?
1: So, but he's a really strong artist. What year was
0: ba- was Bastard? 2010 or 2009? Uh, 2009.
1: Okay. So like Goblin, Wolf, Cherry Bomb, Flower Boar, Igor, that all came out. And he they did spend a lot of the time in the early decade yeah. just on him and the, the kickstart of his career and not future. Uh-huh. So no problem Tyler being on the list. Would I put him on my list? Definitely not. Number eight, Nicki Minaj. Okay. Uh, No. Number seven. Why
0: not Nicki Minaj though?
1: I just find there's so many better artists than her that could be in the top 10 rappers. Okay. Like, maybe she would be top 20, top 25, not top 10. Okay. Number seven. Mm -hmm. And this, you're going to agree with me that this artist should not be on this list. I hope. Jay-Z.
0: Yeah, he shouldn't be there.
1: Okay. He put out three, four albums, including Everything Is Love With Beyoncé. Mm-hmm. Watch the Throne, great, four forty four, great, everything else, yeah. don't need him. He does not need to be on this list. He ran the twi- yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the early two thousands uh, and the nineties. Number six, Travis Scott.
0: Well, look, I, I as a Travis Scott fan, you 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 as well. Travis Scott is not much of a rapper.
1: No, but that's the thing. These guys.
0: Would you put Kid Cudi on your on the list of rappers? No. Of rappers? No. Not necessarily. So no. I think this is the same bucket for Travis Scott.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So Travis Scott. 10
0: best artists of the decade. If this was coming from Complex, I wouldn't put him in the 10 best artists of the decade. But if if it's coming from Complex and the headline said 10 best artists, I could see it.
1: But it's rappers. Okay. So no. Uh, number five, J. Cole. I agree. Yeah, okay. I agree he basically well everything was 20 times for him right? exactly so he d- he did well for himself i agree him being on this list
0: mm-hmm.
1: number 4 future the thing with future is future ran about 3 years max okay and now nobody as of 2017 nobody cares about future anymore right or wrong
0: I still think he has a bit of a following, but I think he's back down to that less popular to when he was like in the Pluto and... Well, no, he's still pretty popular, well, the, I can't say that, but...
1: But there's artists like The Baby, there's artists like Lil Baby, there's artists like Gunna, there's artists... All those newer artists, I think as of when Migo real, Migos really took off, mm. everybody started forgetting about Future. That's in my opinion.
0: He was the platform for those artists, though.
1: Yeah, but look at Young Thug. Young Thug surpassed him. Travis Scott surpassed him not same boat but same still in yeah, the okay. same sound. I don't
0: I don't agree again we're talking strictly on best rappers of the decade. I don't think Future is a, is necessarily a very good rapper. No. So
1: he makes fun music. He
0: should be number 10 on the list maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe. Very repetitive. But anyways, number 3 Kanye West. As much as he sucks at rapping right now, and...
0: Well, hold on. Okay, so we're talking Beautiful Dark Jesus, Life of Pablo, yay, yeah. Ye, Kitsy Ghost, and Jesus is King.
1: Yeah. He, he needs to be on the list, even though his rapping... His best
0: days rapping days... Are behind him. Are behind him, but yeah, okay.
1: So, number three. Number two, Kendrick Lamar.
0: Okay, so they went popular over skill.
1: Yeah, so they definitely went popular over skill. Kendrick Lamar... For me, number one.
0: Rob, best... Yeah, okay, go.
1: Okay. Overly dedicated, Section 80, Good Kid, Pimp a Butterfly, Untitled, Damn, and the Black Panther or Soundtrack, which I have no idea why they put that there. But anyways. Well, it is his thing. Yeah, but it's not a fully Kendrick Lamar. He did curate it. hmm Okay. And number one, mm-hmm. which you'll be very surprised with what I'm going to say about now, I agree 110%. Is Drake. Is Drake. Yeah. But I think... If they would make like yes, Drake should definitely be on this list. Number one, whatever. I'm not gonna argue. But Drake is more of like a, like if like you said, if they made an artist list,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't. Drake being at number one, damn fucking straight. He ran. And where all would of,
0: you put him in the top ten of best rappers of the decade? Uh, then? With, top five still. With
1: me, s- not yeah, a hundred ten percent, a hundred ten percent. But when you look at Drake, you're looking at you know like his songs where he's singing. He's doing, you know, like...
0: There's different things in the catalog that take away from being only Yeah. exclusively a rapper. Yeah, yeah
1: because when you look at his albums, it's it's all over the place with the rapping, with the singing, mm-hmm. with the melodies, yeah. with all that stuff. He's in the Travis Boutou. Yeah, agree. And that's the list. But artist list, I would definitely put Drake at number one. Okay. Even if I don't like him and I don't listen to him. Yeah, as a rapper, Kendrick Lamar hundred ten percent. Is number one. Yeah. But they are missing a lot of people on this. And to go really quickly into this mm-hmm. decade. I don't look, I don't see an ASAP Rocky on this list. I don't see a schoolboy Q on this list. I don't see a Action Bronson on this list. Those are big artists. Like they didn't even Yeah, they, they you know, seem
0: to just list ten popular people. And this is part of the problem that we discussed about complex.
1: Where's Danny Brown on this list?
0: It's that that's a complex way though. Eh? But it's, it, they 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 milk five ten artists and and it's 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 what keeps people giving them likes.
1: But there's so many artists that did so many great projects and kind of ran different years that they look they did ten. Hmm. I'll give them that they did ten. But some of these artists, it's popularity. They went with popularity to get to sure. get people that maybe don't listen to a bunch of artists to be like, oh, Complex is a great website. Let me go look. Yeah. Oh, the popular ones. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, and it's actually good you bring the list up because now we could kick off something that is massive in 2015. And it's why you brought up the list.
1: Um, consistency, my friends. In a list, you need to see consistency. Continue.
0: 2015 was a massive, massive, massive year for Drake. Yes. And... It's not the year where he drops Take Care, or nothing was the same as we said. He surprised releases. If you're reading this, it's too late.
1: Which was a... We had no clue, right? Or did we know the day before? It
0: was overnight on the iTunes store, and it was listed as a mixtape. Lots of speculation that he wanted to get rid of his record contract. So he dropped this to have an extra album under his contract.
1: With Birdman's Cash Money, Young Money.
0: Right. Um, To many people, this is the second best or best competing with Take Care.
1: Over? Over
0: nothing was the same. Really? Yeah, and I could agree with that. I think uh, this was a very interesting period for Drake because when this album came out, I think this album really showcased him more as a rapper versus, of course, he's still the artist. He's still doing the singing and the usual, like he's got his usual bag of tricks. But this is his best work as a rapper, I would say.
1: What is, it, where, is it, where is it on your list of Drake's, if you have to give me your top three Drake's?
0: It jumps between two and three with nothing okay. is the same. Okay Take care is the ultimate one if you ask me and then between two and three it could be this or nothing was the same depending on the mood.
1: Which makes a little sense because those are his three strongest albums. That's the trilogy of Drake albums. How many songs on this project? 14?
0: It had quite a bit no, no, it was a longer it was a longer one. It was 19. Uh, well there was 19 two bonus tracks it was 17. Oh really. Actually, it was sixteen. There was three bonus tracks. The physical had two extra bonus tracks, from what the tape had, which was only one. So sixteen for the entire project. Uh, The hits very quick. Legend, energy, know yourself was huge. No telling was a great track. It was a good. It was a a really solid body of work from him.
1: We weren't working together when this came out. I was working at St. Bruno. You were working downtown. Possibly. And when Drake puts out an album, people panic. And this is where it goes to show that people still want his physicals. Because I remember when this came out, it was the overnight thing, right? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you mentioned.
0: 15 million streams in one week, by the way. First week.
1: Because it was, it didn't come out on CD yet. People could not go buy it for about a month, remember? Mm -hmm. It was like a month, three weeks to a month where...
0: No, sorry. Hold on. Wait one sec. Sorry. I I was wrong there. 17 million streams. 17.3 million streams.
1: In the first week?
0: First three days. And they broke the record of nothing was the same having 15 million.
1: That's insane. So he
0: broke his own record with this, yeah.
1: And we're getting deeper into the streaming era. 2015, yeah. surprise,
0: yeah, surprise release. Surprise! I fuck. I had no idea.
1: I had no idea Spotify existed. I had no idea about Apple. I didn't know about anything about streaming, till this came out, and people were like, "Where the fuck is it? Why is it not in store?" Mm-hmm. And this took three three weeks to a month to come out, and people were going bananas. Yep. Because they wanted to own it.
0: The thing is, also, he had announced views. Before s- this. Before this, so people were waiting for views. And they got this instead. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a curveball in in the sense like, what's he trying to do with this? Is this extras again? Is he trying to lose? Is he trying to just drop stuff to get off the label? What's going on, you know?
1: But this is also where he was playing more with like the sound of what was happening with these artists, like the Migos type artists, right? And like the Futures and the Travis Scott. This
0: is actually when he was doing a lot of the, 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 the British sounding stuff. Oh, really? Yeah
1: which I never listened to the album, so I can't tell you. But I've heard a couple of tracks. Yeah. To the popular songs. Mm-hmm. And for NBA Weekend and all that stuff, his songs were playing. The, the songs off this album were playing, if I'm not mistaken. It's possible. Um, he also went on tour with Future.
0: Yeah. So uh, he kicked off the Jungle Tour in May Ended in June. There was very few dates.
1: Oof, that's one of short. them
0: was in Montreal. Yeah, it was like six or seven dates. Future was the opener, and it was interesting because they were coming off a of beef with each other. Yep. Uh, what it was, I think it was about a tour that didn't work out, <laughs> and they went on tour for this short run, and then in July, after this, the the um, jungle tour. Dirty Sprite 2 comes out by future
1: yep and he he came out with Honest before the mm-hmm. year before and I really enjoyed it and I was just like DS2 and the cover was fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. remember it was, that cover yeah, well,
0: <laughs> it, it was really nice until you see his face hidden in the in the
1: <laughs> in the smoke it was kind what of was like it a... A cloud of what fucking purple haze what was it <laughs> fucking cloud of anyways so DS2 comes out and to my surprise Mm -hmm. I loved it
0: DS2 is Future's best project and it probably won't be topped ever at this point no
1: because he kept it so consistent with this album because when you look at an artist like Future and all these artists that come out that's from that trap sound it's it's not it's it sounds all the same
0: yeah very much
1: like it's like, it's always the same crap. But what he gave to you on this album was 17 songs, 18 songs. But they all flowed super well. And it was like, he didn't overdo it. Like, he'll give you the two-minute songs, the two minutes and 50 songs. then he ha- And then you'll have your four-minute songs. But the way the album completely flowed together and he gave you songs, like, he didn't bunch everything together. I found that he took his time to put the songs in the right place I agree because when you listen to this album I don't like to go listen to like I won't go listen to song 4 and then go listen to song 10 I'm gonna listen to the album as a complete body of work which it's hard to get that from future like his 56 nights which was good his honest his album that came out the year after Monster was good too exactly very
0: good um with the heart, Beast Mode.
1: Yeah, with Juvenile. Juvenile's on that album. Yeah,
0: that's the one that's all Zaytoven, right? Yeah. That's a really good tape.
1: But but it's only 10 songs, nine songs.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he just really put his effort into it, and it's definitely a classic yeah. of that sound.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it marked, look, it marked Future. We got him on a list of like complex things. He's one of the best rappers of the decade. Something did that. This was the album that pushed Future up there in that in that level of artist.
1: And I don't think that anything that he ever does will ever be as close as good as this. It's it's really hard.
0: No, no, I agree. That's that's pretty much I mean, while well, we don't want to write 2015 off, at least not for me. I think he had a good he had good albums afterwards, but not great. Not great. Uh, shortly after the s2 comes out the drake scandal also starts about the ghost writing quentin miller drake's working with writers he's not working alone yeah drake feels very comfortable about um music being a collaborative process and that there are going to be people that write or contribute to your songs but this one went over overboard in that he's not real, he's not a rapper, he has other people working for him, he's garbage, he's trash, he's he's invalid, like...
1: Well, it was Meek Mill that started this. It right, was, yes, it, after they did oh, yeah. the song together. Because yeah. Meek Mill came out with an album this year as well, The Dreams Worth More Than Money. Yeah. Which was later, later on in the year, was more yeah. towards the summer. They had the Rico song together, right? Yeah, the Rico song came out, and then... Great track. Great track. It's also, I find that's Meek Mill's best album. Agree. Uh... Meek Mill found out that Drake didn't write it. Uh, Quentin Miller wrote it and just went off the charts and started the beef. Mm-hmm. Then on the tour where Drake was going at him and won the beef because Meek Mill never responded. But anyways, yeah, getting back to the collaborative process. Yeah, so after
0: that, uh, in September, Drake and Future worked together on an album called What a Time to Be
1: Alive. That's the diamonds one with all the diamonds, and you know what? I just remembered. Those are the songs that play that uh, All Star Weekend, right? The NBA Weekend thing, whatever it's called. That's it. Those are all the videos were all from that album. Okay. Was the song Jump Man?
0: Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is a really good song, to be honest with you. Well,
0: it's a good set of. It's a. It's a good, short collaborative album. It doesn't. And, and this is very important because we spoke about the Watch the Thrones and how everyone's waiting for a Cole and Kendrick or another collaborative. What I like about Drake and Future, it doesn't try to be Watch the Throne. It's its own thing. It's a fun little...
1: Well, it was a surprise. Nine,
0: ten songs. Ah, uh, it well, was surprise, yeah. At short said, notice, that's for sure. They I,
1: said yeah. we're going to put this out because we're going on tour. Or after no, the, the tour. No, the tour was done.
0: The tour was done and then it just kind of came out, I think, out of nowhere. But, um... The if you if you look back at like that album, like, okay, it wasn't it was nobody's best work of the two.
1: It was a fun project they did together. That's it. it was like really there was a, no let's put in two years of our lives and make an album. They probably recorded this whole thing on tour together every night.
0: Very likely, yeah. It's very likely.
1: And it did super well because they ran that period of time. With being consistent with the way they drop their music, yeah, which is crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did a they did a really good job at it, and it's not something you could own. It was digital only; it stayed digital only, unlike the Drake mixtape. Commercially, it did average to good. I mean, it wasn't. It was for the fans, right? It wasn't to try and.
1: Well, I like that when people do that. It's for the fans. Yeah,
0: that's it. It wasn't to to try and uh, do anything new or so it was just for themselves
1: can we i've never seen future live. yeah you have yeah it's not worth it at all
0: uh steve not many rappers are worth seeing live if you ask me <laughs> no i'm not i'm not trying to be uh, i'm not trying to be rude about it no it wasn't worth it it's not worth seeing live it's there's a backbeat and he's singing half of the song and cutting the song and, and, and by the by the end of the set he's just singing chorus. he he was now he has more catalog but he was just singing choruses of songs that are that are that he sings choruses on. Drake isn't also very much worth seeing either. Really? No, I don't think my I I stick by that. Kanye is a good show. Kendrick is a good show. Jay Z is a good show. What? And then you could go to the, the the lower tier guys like the the Danny Browns are always a good time. Action Bronson's great. Even some of my favorites, uh, Pusha T's a good show.
1: Yeah, we saw Pusha T at the Tyler's
0: a good show, but like I even think of some of the rappers I love, like Earl Sweatshirt. Like I wouldn't go see.
1: Vince Staples, Vince is, Staples is a, a great, great show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Great, even though he doesn't talk to the crowd, it's a great show. Vince Staples also put out Summertime 06. He did put out Summertime 06.
0: Yeah, we covered that in the best of the decade 2010s.
1: Yeah, that's when I got the text message. And I i might have said this in season one, where I put Vince Staples' Summertime 06 in my top of the year. And I got a, te- a text message from my cousin Mark saying, who the fuck is Vince Staples? And it just took off from there.
0: Yeah, Vince... Uh,
1: yeah, he's fucking an incredible artist, and we've we've said it many times on this podcast. Yeah. So can we say that Future and Drake, after the albums they put out this year, 2015, everything that came out after that, not went downhill, but is not as great or as good as the projects they put out?
0: Yes. I'll go ahead and say that Evil was the last Future album I listened to. As well. Religiously trying to grasp future and and continue as a fan.
1: It's fun, but again, it it gets repetitive. Yeah. Like, it's good for a couple of years when you don't want to use your brain when you're listening to music. Yeah, when it's
0: like mindless and just, you know.
1: But it just, after this, it's just... Hendrix
0: was alright, but I didn't need more of the same.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, in, in terms of Drake, Views was extremely disappointing on release. Today, it's maybe a bit better than it was back then, but not something I'm going to often. Uh, Scorpion is way too much filler. That could have been one disc of decent Drake, maybe good Drake, but still we're lacking classic. There's plenty of hits on that, like Nonstop or. Uh, yeah, Nonstop was the best song on that. But, More Life, the playlist that Drake did is a hell of a summer playlist. Playlist album. It's whatever. It's the same thing. More Life is a fantastic summer record.
1: Okay. That's good. Good to know. So, what else do we have on this list? On my list? 2015. 2015. Where are we going? Because uh, I have a shit ton of stuff just to throw out there. But let's let's go with, with something else. Let's get off the topic of rap.
0: Well, we can take a break. Yeah? Let's take a break we're back we're gonna take a step away from hip-hop for a little while 2015 in indie music and in alternative music I don't like I really hate saying indie in 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 other music <laughs> um Australia is having a big moment which is not necessarily a place that you would expect to have artists exploding from
1: but it's a place that I would love to visit in my life but it's a place
0: yeah exactly Uh, Courtney Barnett is a uh, singer-songwriter from Australia. Uh, If you're into the rock stuff, you know her. In 2013, 2012, 2013, she released two EPs. Um, They were called I've Got a Friend Called Emily Ferris in 2012 and How to Carve a Carrot into a Rose in 2013. And then she compiled the two for an EP in twenty thirteen, a double EP of the two that I just mentioned, called a sea of split split peas.
1: <laughs> she has nice names for albums.
0: Yeah, you see where this is headed. Uh, people wanted a debut album from her. It was long awaited. The EP was well received, but it wasn't. It, it still hadn't like necessarily pierced. Commercially, like her album in 2015, well,
1: So she's never come out with anything but EPs. She had two EPs. Well, with names like that. Yeah.
0: So in 2015, she releases Sometimes I Sit and Think, and Sometimes I Just Sit as a debut album.
1: I like that name, though, for that album. Yeah.
0: And honestly, it's Guitar Rock Greatness. We didn't see... Um. I mean, of course, we got the Kurt Viles and the War on Drugs that we spoke about. But this was an album that ha- it was a bit more raw. It had those punk elements. It was a singer, like I said, from Australia. Nobody really saw coming. And actually did a good job on radio. With the single. Um, if you're into that, you should check. Th- you, you should, If you're into that sound, check her out. If you, don't, if you haven't already. Uh, she's gone on to make other albums. She's made an album with Kurt Vile, uh, But this remains her best piece of work, I'd say. And then, uh, out of Australia as well, we have Tame Impala. Yes. This is their third album. So they're not breaking out. They've already had a moment, but now they're trying new stuff up. So... This is, first, go
1: ahead. this is the the purple album with the ball, right, on it? That's it, yeah. That was a fucking good album. It's a
0: really great album. This is their third. Their first inner speaker was in 2010. Lonerism was in 2012, the same year as the Kendricks and uh, and Frank Ocean's. And Currents is the third album that we're talking about in 2015. The band being so bass, I mean, you knew when we were working, people would compare this to like, I don't compare it to this, but people would compare it to like Pink Floyd and like 70s psych rock, right? This album Currents, Kevin Parker, who wrote all the songs, produced all the songs, engineered all the songs, mixed all the songs, performed on all the songs, so every instrument is him, takes the guitars, puts them down, and shifts to synth. So for the most part, this album is synth-based. Really? Really? There's less guitars. There's more driving bass lines over guitars. There are still guitars. They're not completely taken out of the fold, but
1: I I get why I like this album now.
0: It's really if you ask me today, I'm not a, I'm not a diehard fan of these guys. I've seen them a couple of times live. They're great. I do think the first two albums are extremely overrated, and I mentioned that in another episode. I think this is where most of the good stuff is. Rihanna takes one of these songs and covers it for Auntie as well, so this is the album that kind of gets them more into the mainstream. But they're just better in the mainstream. Their pop, their 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 uh, inclusion of pop sounds in their music really helped the band develop into something more. I want to say eternal, something that people will look back at and be like, shit, like these guys were part of this decade full of hip-hop and full of pop and they did something of yesteryear in a new way and
1: fresh. Kind of like the War on Drugs. But like, they're not just doing the basic rock indie style.
0: That's it. It's layers, man. It's like, it's really, all their songs are layers. They transform. They start with maybe a bass line and a synth and they it's textures again. It's 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 a lot of like building the song around the simple idea, sounds and production, good production that make this that 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 makes this album super super interesting.
1: It, it's it's easy to go in and just make an album with using guitars, drums, bass. When I say easy, I just, it's not easy. It's just it's the generic. It's the, it's the basic thing. But when you put more effort into it and you try different elements and you'd go a different route when you're so used to doing the same thing. you could make something different.
0: I think what's just great about it is how I somewhat disagree with you in that the guitars and the, and, and just the straightforward guitars and bass and drums is, is, is easy.
1: But you, I didn't mean easy no, I no, mean no, like yeah. it's it's the classic right sound.
0: Yeah. I think it's just with their particular sound. When you're drawing comparisons to the 70s, how could you branch out into, okay, We people know what we sound like, but how could we now make ourselves ourselves? And this was how.
1: I'm trying different elements.
0: What's crazy, man, like I, 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 I said it before, but saying it again, like one person making this album, listening to it and hearing the layers and hearing the textures and how the songs change and evolve, it's crazy to think this is one person.
1: Yeah, you know, I say, I never had any idea.
0: Take take what we do. Any idea. Take what we do, for example, two people sitting here yapping, yapping, editing an episode, uploading it, and it takes two people to do.
1: No, hold on a second. It takes one person to do because I don't do anything but talk.
0: He doesn't even <laughs> have someone to come and talk. <laughs> He's alone in the entire the the entire process.
1: Have you you've seen them live for this album?
0: I didn't see them live for this album because they did start playing the stadiums. And it's not that I didn't wanna go see the show. Stadiums? Yeah, they played like hockey stadiums for this Fuck. hockey arenas. It's it's not that I didn't want to see it. I would have loved to see it, but the two times I had seen them, once was at Oshiagar Festival and once was at a club. They're better live than on record. So I can only imagine how good this show would have been if for the albums I didn't love them, I was more impressed of their live show. Um, so yeah, Tame Impala. The name's Kevin Parker. He's the guy running the show. Uh, you've probably heard of him. You've possibly heard of him out of Tame Impala for his work with Mark Ronson. Oh, yeah. He's gotten a lot of... Um, He's worked a bit with Mark Ronson, I think on the latest album especially. Uh, he did work with Lady Gaga on Joanne, her album. And I think he wrote uh, the single Perfect Illusion, the, her first single off her album, Joanne.
1: Wait, Lady Gaga doesn't write her own shit?
0: She works with people. She works with really good people, so.
1: So it's the whole, I don't write my own shit.
0: No, no, she does write her own stuff. But again, it's the collaborating. Yeah. Especially in pop, it's a massive thing. But yeah, Mark, um, Kevin Parker's found his way in the circle of Mark Ronson collaborations. And if you're into Mark Ronson's music, you've likely come across Kevin Parker on his albums. So the I think the album that had Uptown Funk had collaborations with Kevin Parker, if it wasn't even a single. So there's Tame Palo for you.
1: Uh. 2015 being a huge, huge year in hip hop. Uh, on a sad note, real quick, I need to mention, uh, ASAP Yams died, overdose, uh, early 2015, uh, while ASAP Rocky was working on his second, Allah, Allah, uh, which to me is his least best, but yes. Uh, it was a darker album, and I'm guessing because of the fact that ASAP Yams had passed. Uh, you could see on the album cover where it's it's like ASAP Rocky's face, but then like taking off or putting on a mask of ASAP Yams. So ASAP Yams died overdose, 2015. Uh, big sad death. We don't usually do this on this podcast, but uh, one of probably both of uh, an artist that we love a lot. Yeah. Uh, passed away in 2015, Uh, Sean Price from Helta Skelta, died at 43 years old. And I think we bonded most of our friendship when we first started hanging out on just Sean Price.
0: Listening to Random Acts, listening to... Uh,
1: Helta Skelta, listening to Sean Price albums Mm -hmm. uh, and spending a lot of our time on YouTube in your basement. Looking for Sean Price interviews. The Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> the Hurricane Katrina one where he was wearing goggles and was a reporter. Uh, where he opened up his own studio to teach people how to a rap. rap. He bought a dress. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, w- it, w- it was it was it was a bond that we had. And I remember when I found out that he died, I w- we were I actually came back to work downtown with you. We were you. working with. And we it were was, working the day that he died. Yeah, it was a this. Saturday. Uh, I remember I, my reaction. I was in the bathroom taking a shit. And I was texting you saying, do you know who died? Do you know you, who you died? Thinking you would answer your phone on the floor, which what you did. And that's how I did it. Yeah. yeah. And then I, we came onto the floor and it was just, it was like, it was, it was a shocking moment when somebody passes away that you grow up listening to that. Not that you idolize, but that you really have a connection with. And I've seen Sean Price live front row where he's rapping to a woman who is pregnant at her belly. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: the guy was a big, here's, 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 I remember the death in that the guy was a, like a big joker. Like the the rapping to the belly or the um, reported reporting Hurricane Katrina. When the, when the news broke that he died, it came from his official page, I believe.
1: Yeah. His wife took over his page.
0: So the first thing I thought was he's, he's playing.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah.
0: He's doing, he's out, he's, he's, he's fucking around. Yeah. And then it was like, oh shit, like you're waiting for the joke to kind of end. Yeah. And no, it was not a joke.
1: We even said a couple of months later, fuck, imagine he just comes out saying he's alive. That he didn't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like.
0: No, it's not.
1: Uh, no, but it just. It's even like Even
0: Jay-Z took time to pay homage.
1: Yes, because Sean Price was a wordsmith. He If was you like
0: f- punchlines and wordplay,
1: and just stupidity, go listen to Sean Price, go yeah. listen to Helta Skelta. And he revived his career, don't forget, because Helta Skelta, Nocturnal, which was on our top 100, uh, for a while he wasn't making music. He was actually working construction. Mm-hmm. And then his career just went back. And just blew up after he came out with his first album as a solo artist, Monkey Bars. Yeah. And then with Jesus Price Superstar, uh, Mike Tyson, and the amazing mixtapes that I am very fortunate of owning. So yeah, uh, rest in peace Sean Price. Uh, Action Bronson came out with uh, Mr. Wonderful, finally. His first debut Studio album. Studio album on a major record label, mm-hmm. which was at first really different, but grew on me after a while. Because I remember we, I, I don't know if it was the same thing for you. It came out and we were going back and forth, uh, I think. of I it. think
0: I, I always kind of liked it and still like it the same way.
1: And the reason I'm plugging this in is because Action Bronson is kind of like Deshaun Price. The joking, yeah, very, the punchlines, yeah, yeah. the amazing wordplay and stuff like that. And we saw him the year before, two years before that. And we were supposed to see him at Oceaga, but canceled his set last minute, the day of Oceaga, because of um, there was a petition for him not to play festivals and he just said, fuck it. And this is, 2015 is actually the first year I go to Oceaga. And it was mainly for him, Pusha T, uh, and Kendrick. No, Outkast.
0: I don't remember seeing Bronson at Oceaga. No,
1: but he was supposed to be on that list. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, I missed that. Yeah, he was on the list, but canceled because of the petition that they signed. And that year, yeah, that year was Outkast. This was the year, 2015 was the reunion year for Outkast. Yeah. That we saw, which was probably one of the my favorite shows of all time it was yeah so that yeah that was a big
0: that was a big summer tour that made a lot of noise they played the festival circuit in 2015 and um
1: that's it for them
0: yeah no that was there they were, but they headlined all the major festivals in 2015 outcast
1: well, they opened up with uh their first performance at oceaga uh, Oceaga at Coachella. Uh, Coachella, Coachella, where I waited up did, till yeah. two. Did you, you waited yeah, up, two, yeah, yeah, wait yeah. up till two in the morning to see them. Yeah. And the sound was as bad was as terrible. somebody vomiting.
0: And then Oceaga, Lollapalooza, on the, well, they always run on the same weekend. Yeah, and they, they did plenty of other uh, cool festivals. Yeah. It was really, it's one of those, f- see, that's a hip hop show. That's a good show. Yes. And yeah, super fortunate to have been there. After 11 years in the making, um, there's a bit of rumblings about we're finally going to get this album. I think once every two years, within those 11 years, we would hear about this album possibly coming out, right? Yeah. It gets scrapped completely.
1: What was this album titled?
0: The album was titled Detox. It was the third studio album by Dr. Dre.
1: 11 years in the making. And you can actually go on YouTube. You can actually go on YouTube and see studio sessions from Detox. So, (laughs) 11 years of saying this album is going to come out. Continue.
0: Uh, Get Scrapped. Uh, That was on the 1st of August. Uh, On Beats 1 radio show, he says. Scrapped. So, what's gonna happen next with him? Uh, he had a new album completely titled Compton, a week after announcing that Detox was scrapped.
1: And this is Dr. Dre we're talking about. Yeah. So if we didn't mention so it, so that
0: was quick. After scrapping one, he was really quick to give us the next.
1: The that year, straight out of Compton came out, and. People were going crazy. We went to the movies. Everybody was like, fuck, this is an excellent movie. Finally, we get a biography. A biopic. biopic. And it actually comes out almost perfect. Why? Because Dr. Dre was behind him. Why? Because Ice Cube, MC Randy, Jay Yella, they were all behind it. So they were able to tell the story from the artist's point of view with the artists involved in the movie. So it was a big whole thing straight out of Compton. There was so much hype around it. It it was amazing. To me, one of the best movies on hip-hop all time. And people are probably going to fucking tell me I'm out of my mind, but fuck you. And Dr. Dre feels like it's the right time to put out an album titled Compton, Where He's From. And you're expecting, you know what? He probably just changed the name and it's going to be Detox. That's what I thought. I know he said he scrapped He's it on rebranding
0: B- it rather than
1: exactly rebranding it because of Compton. So you know what? N- everybody's listening to the Futures, the Migos, the Travis Scotts, the Young Thugs. I think now is a time where I can come in after so long of being gone because people are paying attention to Straight Outta Compton because people are paying attention to my life and my legacy. I'm gonna be able to put out an album now, and people are gonna be like, "Whoa, it's Dr. Dre." It's time to go back to listen to him. Or, who is Dr. Dre? I'm going to go watch the movie, and I'm going to go listen to his music. So he did it at the right time. The way he built this album and put it together was perfect. Yep. And it was like a week where we had to wait for it. Yep. And we had absolutely no idea what we are going to listen to.
0: What did we listen to?
1: In my opinion...
0: 're talk- now we're covering the music did we cover the release what's up with the music
1: I was blown away okay I heard things that I didn't think I was gonna hear I heard a adult version of
0: yeah
1: you know like like I heard adult Dr Dre yep yeah. not doing what he did on the chronic and on 2001 yep
0: yeah.
1: he like he blew me away because even his production mm-hmm. didn't sound like it sounded.
0: It, it was polished. It was mature. It was, an, like you said, an adult version of Dr. Dre. There's this one thing I always say, and I spoke about it with you. I've spoken about it with others. But hip-hop is a relatively young genre of music. Mm-hmm. It's only been around for about 40 years. Our list covered 40 years of hip-hop, the top 100. A lot of the artists that founded the genre, founded the style are either completely out of the mainstream, if you want to talk about the KRS-1s, the Run DMCs, they're still around, they're still doing their thing, but they're gone. Yeah. You don't hear of them. Then you have the Wu-Tang guys, like the Ghost Faces and the Raekwans that are still talking about selling coke and streets. and they, They've got a talent in doing that and rapping, but they're no longer evolving as artists. No. I agree. And my... F- fear for hip hop is that a lot of the older artists like a doctor dre need to reinvent the way an older hip hop artist could continue to make hip hop and and Compton did that yeah and there's another one we're going to talk about that did that later that I think did it even better but right now we're talking Compton This is a guy that oversaw a project that still has hip hop all over it, but it doesn't boast what young hip hop does. No. It's really, like you said, it's mature, it's adult, and it's good. It's not corny, it's not. It doesn't sound like you're listening to a guy who's like past his days of doing. You know
1: he doesn't write all his lyrics either,
0: and there's no, and there's absolutely zero. Well, it was always the case, it right? was always the case. So, if it's since fine NWA. for Dre to do it, it should be fine for Drake to do
1: yeah. it. Yeah, since NWA days, Dr. Dre hardly ever wrote his lyrics. Look, I could be wrong, but it's been said that Ice Cube wrote his lyrics, MC Ren, and on this album, so many writers Kendrick Lamar, yeah, Eminem.
0: Well, we got to cover that because we said in uh, when we spoke about The Chronic in 2001, how he pushes people along with his project.
1: Well, that's what he does. Yeah. He First off, I've seen an interview where Dr. Dre says my albums, uh-huh. I did not even want to rap on them, okay. that he was told by Snoop Dogg, Jimmy Iovine to rap on the albums. He just wanted to produce yeah. The Chronic and 2001. Yeah. But he was kind of led into it of you need to rap on your albums. He didn't want to do that stuff.
0: He you said, you said he just wanted to produce. I want to put something clear because when I was editing last episode I said something that sounded a little like I was discrediting. I made a comment about the hip-hop producer not being the producer not the, the term hip-hop producer isn't the same as the music producer. I that, that doesn't mean that music producers can't produce hip-hop, because Dre produces like a real producer.
1: You see that, how it sounds?
0: That's producing.
1: And, yeah, getting to the point, he never wanted to rap. He just wanted to produce music. And you could see how much effort he puts into his finishing product, because... No matter what album he's put his hands on, comes out crystal fucking clear and sounding perfect.
0: So the artist he's pushing on this, contrary to, he goes back and he gets the Snoop's and he got the game on this because he didn't release something when he when the game could have been pushed. The game's made it now. He's got Eminem on it as well. That's a a go-to for Dre. I don't think that'll change.
1: Yeah. And they, on this album, they're like, back to what they were doing. Yeah. The stupidity. Yeah. The violence in their verses and stuff. And they got a lot of flack and bad feedback that song. Yeah. Because of what Eminem was saying and what Dr. Dre was saying.
0: Right. He, went to, he goes to get uh, Exhibit again. Yep. Who, I mean, what has he done since the show, right? Nope. Uh... Cold 187M was uh, was on previous projects as well. But he's moving in with the new artists and giving you new guys from where he's from again that people need to pay attention to. Kendrick, of course, we've already paid attention to.
1: And when those two are together on a track... Yeah. It's... it's yeah, it's, for sure. It's next level because... I Look, I might be wrong, but this is the first time... Kendrick is on a Dr. Prod- Dr. Dre produced track.
0: He, so the tracks on Good Kid weren't Dr. Dre? Produced? There was
1: not one produced track on Good Kid by Dr. Dre. You sure about that? He executive produced the album. Right, okay. But he did not produce any songs okay. on it. I'll take your he, word, you know, he, know better. It's not that I know better. He, it's just I read up on it and he's had his hand on certain things on the album. And I'm sure the same thing for To Pimp. But he's never, like, this is Kendrick Lamar's rapping on his first Dr. Dre produced track.
0: So you get your first taste of that.
1: Which was, there's four songs.
0: Yeah, there's plenty of Kendrick Fuck. on this. But enter Anderson Pack.
1: Yeah, not the birth, but like the in your face Anderson Pack.
0: Let's make this guy a bit more.
1: Who who like to me? It was like who is this guy, right? Yeah.
0: And uh, frankly, hmm. he stole the show on this album.
1: Yeah. Uh, that voice.
0: Yeah, all in a day's work for me was was was. It's it's the fifth track on the album, but that's the track where I was okay. I'm in. I'm like I'm I'm yeah. I'm good. Um, he's on a track called "Issues" with Ice Cube as well.
1: Yes, Ice Cube's on this album.
0: Yeah. And then Deep Water with Kendrick Lamar,
1: my favorite song on the full album.
0: So, yeah, this was a, a good comeback. He's also on a track with uh, Jill Scott for uh, for the Love of Money. And animals. And Medicine Man with Eminem. He's all over this album, Anderson Pack.
1: Well, he was, Anderson Pack was signed to Aftermath. Yeah. After every few years. I would say anywhere between three and five years. Dr. Dre doesn't find an artist, but takes an artist under his wing and just pushes that artist. Works yeah. with him, whether it's producing, talking about him, uh, just even if it's just a picture of him in the studio with him, and it just gets people. He did att- one
0: with with an artist this week, uh, an up and coming artist.
1: This week, well, he did one with YBN Cordae.
0: No, it's the hold on this artist. Hold on, he was in the studio with. Uh, an artist.
1: So he does a bunch of this stuff, and pushes the artists. And people listen to this artist because they know Dr. Dre hangs around. Yeah. Good artists, artists that have a future, artists that make good music. So it makes a lot of sense for people to really get into Anderson Pack.
0: He's in the uh, studio with this guy.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah there was a new picture by the way that Steve just sold me uh, go check it out on Dr. Dre's Instagram or this this new Jesus guy uh, in the studio with Dr. Dre but Dr. Dre is just brilliant in making music
0: yeah big time
1: stick with Dr. Dre and you'll make fucking look at Eminem look at 50 Cent look at Snoop Dogg I'm not gonna say look at Kendrick Lamar but Kendrick Lamar Hung around him, yeah, and probably just got game from Dr. Dre, just got knowledge from Dr. Dre, and puts it in his music. So,
0: let's look at the three albums that Dre produced because now we've got like this is the end of we've covered Dr. Dre from A to Z now. Chronic, two thousand one. We discussed the brief, briefly the the detox period, and now this. Where does it rank in Dr. Dre albums? This one, yeah.
1: Well, it's, I would say it's number three for me because Chronic and 2001 are just masterpieces. And I'll tell you this, this came out 2015, right? hmm It's now going to be five years it's come out, if I yeah. can count properly. Yeah. We are going back over 20 years listening to the Chronic, over 15 years listening to 2001, and they still sound... Yeah amazing
0: i stand by what i said about the chronic it's it's timeless it's it's pure hip hop it's a it's it's a masterpiece
1: yeah it's it's timeless music yeah and actually it's 20 years that 2001 came out it came out in
0: 1999
1: mm-hmm. so these are all timeless albums so I want to. He- I want to see where in ten years, Compton.
0: As it stands right now, I don't know that it'll stand the test of time as a classic. And even after four years, I don't think it did, because when it came out, it was praised. It got the crazy good reviews. Everyone was shocked that okay, he could come back around and get and get this. And it feels to me like, especially now we're talking a lot about like the end of the decade list. It's on none of them. No. It's gone completely missing from the from the batch. And I go back to my relationship with it when it came out. I hesitated to, to buy this. I remember now. I, I put it on the back burner for a long time just to think like, I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan of The Chronic. But so much that even 2001, I own and doesn't do much for me. Do I really need this? And, you know... With time, listening to it more, getting to know Anderson Pack on the album, it became something like okay, I gotta kind of get and own, and and I'm happy I own it. But I feel like when it came out, I knew it wouldn't. I I don't I didn't think then, and I don't think now that it'll be a timeless album.
1: We'll just have to wait and see. To be honest, we'll just have to wait and see. Because I find his music is just whatever he touches is timeless. The sound.
0: Yeah, look, if uh, if we're to follow with how we did the other two, it should be, yeah. Uh,
1: be on the lookout for Dr. Dre's new produced album coming out anywhere from now, uh, the next 20 years, Jesus is King 2. 2. So anywhere from... Two guys that know how
0: to put out albums on time, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, <laughs> so from I would say anywhere between now and 20 years. So uh, we're getting into our, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Or we're getting into our top five right I away? want to
0: get into the top five. Uh, and I'm going to th- just let you know. I'm just going to fill you in here. Okay. We can't say Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. No. Because we spoke about it in the 2010s episode of season one.
1: And we didn't speak about it.
0: We skipped over it today because we did a good amount on it in season one. Yeah. So go back to that episode if you want to hear Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly discussion.
1: It's definitely my number one of the year, but we're not. I'm not right. putting it. I'm not putting it because we're going to go for different albums.
0: Uh, we can't say Vince Staples' Summertime of Six because nope. that was also in that episode of season one. We can't say Sleater Kinney because it was the first album of the, of the year. Yep. We can't say Drake's, if you're reading this, it's too late, mm-hmm. or Future's Dirty Sprite 2. Mm-hmm. We can't say Tame Impala Currents. We can't say Courtney Barnett. We can't say Dr. Drake Compton. Okay. You threw Shit. in Action Bronson, so... We can't Can't say say that anymore too.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Are we out of options or are there still great albums for 2015?
1: I could look. I'm looking into my nice notebook and I could tell you about 20 good albums from that year. So who's taking the lead on this? I did it last week. So I'm going this week. So here are my five of this year. Pusha T, King Push... Darkest Before Dawn, the prelude. Great, great album. Uh, Sometimes I like this more than My Name is My Name. And I find this one way darker. The production is darker. He worked with Puff Daddy on a couple of tracks. His lyrical ability is uh, a step up. Uh, We saw him at Oceaga Mm -hmm. for this album. And he does work with one of my other favorite artists. Well, Top 25. Beanie Seagull on this song, on a song on this album. So yeah, Pusha T, King Push, Darkest Before Dawn, uh, The Game, The Documentary 2, not the 2.5, the 2, J-Rock, 90059, so I'm at 3, Travis Scott Rodeo. Really? Yeah.
0: That's... That's in contention for me. You know the list that I asked the viewers to do at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Most overrated album. I don't. I don't get yeah. what the hype is with this album, especially now. We've moved. Like we've moved into better things for Travis Scott. People are trying to go. People are trying to use this kind of throwback album to try and put it into classic status, but it wasn't even good on release.
1: I enjoyed what? it because I there was a lot of hype over it. And I'm not I'm not too good with hype. But when I went in and I went to listen to it it's it, again it's like I find it like the future where each song blends in together. It's not a lot of the same the same stuff going on. I find his album after this is all of the same stuff.
0: Birds in a trap? Yeah. I thought that was better.
1: Really, see, I find that one is has great songs, mm-hmm. but is not as versatile. Is that the word? Yeah. As rodeo, rodeo. I think
0: musically, Birds in the Trap is more musical. It's more, uh, it's more cohesive. I think people sleep on that one, and I still wouldn't say it's it's top this five or top ten that year.
1: People say this this is his least best one.
0: I think it's his least best one. I think Rodeo is full of filler.
1: But really? that's me. That's me. Yeah, yeah. I think he put out. He f- he. D- it doesn't sound like his mixtapes. It doesn't sound like his mixtapes at all. No. He works with different artists. He worked with Kanye West. The production is way better than his mixtapes. But
0: the mixtapes are better.
1: You find the mixtapes better.
0: Days before rodeo are, are is better.
1: Owl Farrell. Maybe not. Our fire was too fucking loud. Uh, I just find the music is better on this. Fair. And when I go back to it, it's an easier listen to than a lot of his other stuff. There are
0: great moments on it. I'm not like talking about we're not. not or
1: yeah, and but it's, it's that sound was nowhere to be seen on his mixtapes.
0: Uh I don't find. Okay. I thought days before rodeo was pretty clear that this is where he was headed. I think Rodeo was more of a stepping stone into Birds in the, tra- Birds in the Trap and, and, and finding his real sound. And then in Astro World, where he perfects it. I do think Astro World is his best album. I do think that should be the one that people throw back in five years, not Rodeo.
1: You saw, you saw his growth in his albums till Astro World. Absolutely. And you could tell that he was trying to be a different artist of what was coming out.
0: For sure. But to say we need to go back to it, and I'm not, I don't want to, it's year five, so we're just having a discussion because it's good content, but I don't, I don't know what people like about Rodeo. I don't see, I didn't see, and I don't see.
1: People like his mixtapes more than Rodeo. I I could agree with that, yeah. I could, it's an easier listen as well than his mixtapes. His his mixtapes don't flow at all. I find it don't flow at all. Some songs shouldn't be on there. That I could agree with. You know what I mean. So yeah. where Rodeo is, he put it up a step. Not, uh, uh, he went a step higher and a step into a direction where I'm gonna use music more into my sound. Okay. You know what I mean. So he was learning from that on exa- that album.
0: He learned a lot from who he worked with to do his own thing later.
1: Exactly. So that's why I enjoy it, and I enjoy each track. And the 90210 song. Like yeah. you mentioned, it's probably my favorite one. And there's a couple of tracks after that, too. Like the, the Maria. The change in the middle is really good. Exactly. And the Maria, I'm Drunk with Justin Bieber, Young Tug. It's just yeah. like he's doing different stuff than to what's coming out. So it just. Like I find Birds in the Traps is like way too much of the same. Okay. To where Rodeo has a variety of sounds and a okay, variety of. Rap or singing. That's
0: fair. You prefer variety. I prefer cohesiveness. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: Number four. My favorite album from this artist. Earl Sweatshirt. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Yeah. It took him a while to come out with a different album. He came out with it and it sounds nothing like his past work. Yeah. Way darker. Basically it says in the fucking title track. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. He's very mad. He's not working with Odd Future, I don't think, anymore. Not much, no. Uh, Vince Staples is on this uh, this album. But this is way, darker ty- uh, er, way, way darker. Would Very you think it's his easiest album to listen to? Easiest Surprising album to listen is, yeah. to, yeah. Very short as well. Yeah. Uh, he's really stepped up as a lyricist on this album as well. And number five, believe it or not, and I listened to it yesterday, and I'm like, this was fucking great. Now, when I say great, is it going to be on the top 100, top 150 of the decade? For me, probably. Okay. For you, definitely not. Okay. But I'm putting it in Wale, the album about nothing. Oh, wow, okay. uh, this is where Wale worked with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld did the intro, the outro, the skits. There's also Seinfeld skits in this. This was a long-awaited album because of the name and because of working with Jerry Seinfeld because Wale had the mixtape about nothing. And then the second one that followed, I can't remember what it was called, but again, it had something to do with Seinfeld. And he finally put out this album, and I find it's a great body of work, his best body of work. I don't need to listen to anything else from Wale. This album really, like, you know when you find something about an artist that you like, and you're like, if he continues on this path with his music, this is who he is as an artist. I find he doesn't really do that after this. Like, he makes good music, but not as good as this album. And I find with the the Seinfeld and the concept where it's an album about nothing, but he's actually talking about different things and using the Seinfeld, the way the episodes were named, D, this, D, that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it was super cool. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I think it's his, his best album and it's a great album.
0: Good list. You ready for mine?
1: Yep. Before I cough out the lung.
0: These albums, uh, you'll be surprised because they were heavily in my rotation. And three of them... Our top five this year for me. And we didn't talk about them all episode because we've made way for yeah. good content for the listeners. First, in alpha order like usual, Father John Misty, I Love You, Honeybear.
1: Ooh, I knew this was going to be on that.
0: It's the, in my opinion, only Father John Misty album anyone needs. Father John Misty was a member of Fleet Foxes until he left the drum set to go do his own thing actually had plenty of albums as josh tillman before being father john Mm -hmm. misty but breaks out as father john misty and breaks out with this album it's his best it pretty much sums up everything he does as father john misty the best way so if you need just one because his other albums could be intense to listen to some of our friends would say the one following is the best some would say the one before is the best I kind of stick with the popular opinion that this is the best.
1: He makes amazing, amazing artwork for his albums.
0: Yeah. He also a uh, song wrote for Beyonce. Ooh. So he's in that boat of Ezra Kanix from Vampire Weekend uh, that, that branched out into hip-hop and pop really? music. Yep. Second is not something that I think many people are familiar with. It's a band called Hop Along. They are um, pretty much... I mean, I don't want to call it, it... It varies from folk to to indie. The indie folk, it's a bit punky sometimes. Uh, but they're a band from Philly. This is an album called Painted Shut. So hmm. if you want something uh, rock-oriented you don't know, hop along, Painted Shut. Third album is Jamie XX in color. So Jamie XX... For those of you that don't know is the producer of the title track on take care he uh he was a member of the xx self-explanatory and he branches out here to do his own album um it's it's very very electronic it doesn't really sound like the other xx stuff the other xx stuff it's pretty slow and down
1: and fuck, is it boring? Gloomy. Sorry, I, 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 it's not always good. I'll be honest, it's, I, it could um, be boring. Is it in your in your CD tower?
0: I have I have the first and third XX albums. Okay. I think those are good.
1: And I'm not saying anything bad. You can listen to what you want, but man, was that some boring shit.
0: It's fine. No, it's cool. But uh, as a solo artist, he does really really good. Uh, this album's called In Color. Uh, Young Thugs on this album.
1: Yes, okay, I remember the cover now.
0: Next album on my list, Young Thug, Barter (laughs) Six. And I want to go there because there's a bit of... of, I broke the alpha order, by the way, but Young Thug, Barter Six is interesting because this is when the Birdman Wayne beef is happening, right?
1: The lawsuit.
0: The lawsuits. And here comes this nobody called Young Thug and starts kicking at Wayne's feet, calling his mixtape after what Wayne was supposed to name his album being Carter Six, he calls it Barter Six. And he's run by Birdman. And he's...
1: Well, that was Rich Gang.
0: Yeah, so he was part of Rich Gang too. So so Birdman's pushing new artists and they're taking the name of Wayne's projects. And it just seemed a little bit... It was It was edgy enough to kind of get people's attention. And it did well.
1: He's kind of... Has the same melodies yeah, yeah, yeah. as Wayne.
0: So that's the thing I like the most about Thug's music and Barter Six especially is the, is that it's melodic. It's rapping, it's mumble, but it's melodic. Uh, so you're not understanding things, but you're leaving with hooks, with, with something catchy is registering here.
1: Lil Wayne is also his favorite rapper. After yeah. all this beef and stupidity and lawsuits... Young Tug has come out saying that he loves Lil Wayne and it's his favorite rapper. So, I get the similarities in the music. When yeah, and also that year, that's that's the year where Lil Wayne's tour bus got shot up, and it was said to be Birdman and Young Tug that did it.
0: That set it up, at least. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a weird year for those guys, and I thought it was kind of interesting to see some newcomer. Well, he wasn't necessarily a newcomer because he had projects, but this one kind of broke him through, and it was doing it with jabs at a former Birdman artist, but he's being pushed by Birdman, so it's uh, it's fun. It was it was a great a great tape or album or whatever it was, but the best album that we didn't talk about today, and I pushed it down after to segue into Young Thug from JMXX, Sufjan Stevens. Carrie and Lowell is arguably the saddest record of the decade.
1: The album is mom.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, it's a very, very deep album about his mother who recently died and his relationship with her being unstable. But his stepfather taking really good care of him Anyway, it's a it's it's a heartbreaking album, one of the most one of the heaviest of the decade. I could think of a few others that are probably up there, but Carrion Lowell, Sufjan Stevens it'll go I think it'll go down as his best album. I know for the indie fans you consider maybe Illinois as his best record, but Carrion Lowell for me is my is his best.
1: We both have two depressing albums on our top fives. What was yours? Earl Sweater, that shit I don't go outside. It's crazy that we're talking about all these albums, Barter Six, uh, The Drake, The Futures, and I don't remember everything coming out in the same year.
0: This year was probably leading like past the, the Kendrick and Frank Ocean year, which was 2012. This was the next big year. Yep. And for you guys who are following us and and listening to the episodes and going back to the albums, just a heads up. For
1: 2016,
0: I had a top 50 for 2016.
1: It's true. I had a top 15. (laughs) (laughs) But you listen to a lot more music than me.
0: 2016 is just even more insane. And it's probably like looking back at what we got to cover in 2016, it should have two episodes.
1: It should be like a, a two-hour, two-hour-and-a-half episode. For
0: 2016, we'll go off, man. There's so much to cover.
1: And I'm telling you now, with the notes, we're just going to just fucking go in and just talk. Because it's going to be intense. Because my list is two pages long.
0: For 2016, yeah.
1: It's, it's going to be crazy. It's probably one of the biggest years in music. One of the biggest years in hip-hop. Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And. 2018 was another big year but 2016 was explosive
0: yeah so I think that's all we got for 2015 uh, as we said start filling out those lists we want best your favorite albums of the decades your top 10 favorite albums of the decade if you
1: can't do a 10
0: yeah top 10 songs most overrated album most underrated album and best artists of the decade we're gonna handle the rest and in the new year, very early in the new year, you'll get the the, the listeners poll. The all-time podcast listeners poll. For first ever.
1: First ever. Can we do a top 10 rappers? Or can I do a top 10 rappers of the decade? Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: But, like, you can't just hijack the fucking thing with Griselda. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm definitely going to be three on that list from Griselda. Uh, more to come on Griselda FYI 2016 um, so I just want to give a, a special shout out to uh, Chris and Elie who opened up their tattoo shop uh, really proud of them Studio Bad Vibrations in Longueu. Uh if you want to get tattooed walk-ins uh, go check them out I'm really really proud of them because this was a project that was uh, in their mind for a long time and when you see friends who do something amazing you shot them out. So check them out. Studio Bad Vibrations at Studio Bad Vibrations on Instagram. And they are at 110 Rue Saint-Louis Longueuil. So check them out. Uh, really proud. And uh, that's it for me.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: Have a great week.